Luke chapter number uh, 15, look down if you will at verse number 25 uh, for the message this morning. The Bible says, now his his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh unto the house, he heard music and dancing. Let me give you a preemptive of this leading up to our passage this morning. In Luke chapter number 15, we see three lost things, amen? In verses 1 through uh, number 7, we see the parable of a lost sheep, amen? Uh, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Uh, There was a lost and found of a sheep, amen? And then in verse number 8 through verse number uh, uh, 10, there's the parable of the lost coin. Amen. There is a lady who having uh, uh, 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle, sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it. Most of us probably could experience, uh, uh, testify of an experience similar to this where we lost something and though we had much of the other stuff, the distraction of losing one item out of the bundle caused us to go in a rampage, amen? And that lady went through a rampage through her house until she found what was lost. Then we come in verse number 11, all the way through to verse number 24, we come through the third aspect, and that's the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, amen? Uh, And we understand this prodigal son went to a far country, and wasted all of his inheritance that he was to inherit of the father. And he got to a place where uh, he was in uh, the best place ever, really. Uh, He was in the pig pen, and it was there that he saw the ending of his pleasure in sin for a season. And he got out, and he repented of his sin, came back to the father, and was restored. One of the portions in chapter number 15 that often gets neglected is the later portion, and it's regarding this elder son that's in the field. This elder son stayed with the father and did not leave him, but because he he didn't leave him, he had great high expectations of how he should be treated. May you make a mark and note in your Bible or in your notes that whenever you expect to be treated right, that's when you're headed for disaster. Amen? Uh, Listen, as long as you're on the face of planet earth, you will not be treated properly. Uh, As long as you expect people to recognize you, you're uh, you're landing in an airfield of getting hurt. Amen? Uh, Listen, a lot of times we do, our good is what we do, and most of the time we'll be getting to glory before we ever get a pat on the back. Amen? By the way, if we're doing it for a pat on the back, we're doing it for the wrong reason anyway. But I want you to know we ought to, whether we get a compliment or not, we ought to always do good. Amen? Isn't that what God says in uh, Galatians chapter number 6? It says, be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. Don't you ever forget, though you may not get seeming appreciation this side of eternity, do you understand that, listen, God evens the score when you get up to glory. There's things that you've done in the call, for the cause of Christ 
and you thought nobody paid attention, nobody noticed. But I want you to understand God noticed, amen? And as long as God noticed, it doesn't matter who else notices this side of eternity. Listen, uh, uh, we ought to do our best whether there's four, five people around us or there's 50 or 60 people around us, amen? We're not doing this for the praise and acclamation of man. We're doing it for the honor of God, amen? We're doing it so God can get the blessing and God can get the glory. We ought to always keep ourselves focused on that objective, amen? But here in uh, verse 25 all the way through the end of Uh, chapter number 15 we see the picture of this elder son and may I say to you though we see three pictures of lost things may I say that this elder son though he never left the side of his father he was probably the worst lost case there was ever was amen because he never left the father but he had a a response to life that uh, took him down amen And so this is where we come in verse 25, amen. So this elder son is in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. That tells me that he didn't even know that uh, what was going on at the house. He didn't even know that the uh, son had come back, amen. But notice what he says in verse 26. The Bible says, and he called one of his servants, and he asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Now here's a son that was lost, and the father was grateful to God that he got his son back. Amen. But may I say to you that that, that response was not equaled to this elder son. This elder son wasn't as excited as the father was that his brother had come home, amen? And the Bible says, and he was angry and would not go in. He wouldn't even join them in the rejoicing of the return of the prodigal son, amen? Uh, he was so uh, despiting of what, it, what he had seen, amen? Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Boy, you ought to underline that, amen. Listen, if anybody does care, God does care, amen. God cares what you're going through even when you're wrong. This elder son was wrong in his attitude and the father still loved him, amen. I want you to know that you may get wrong with God, but you understand that God still loves you, amen. In fact, isn't that what salvation's all about? The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. May I say to you that while you and I were still in our sins, He still had you on our minds, amen? He loved you even though you were unloving. He considered you worthy even though you were unworthy, amen? That's the Father for us, amen? And here the Father noticed that the... The elder son wasn't rejoicing with the crowd of of folk, the the men servants and the maid servants that were there, amen. And uh, the Bible says, verse 29, He answered and said unto his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time. Boy, I'll underline Mark in the Bible right there. There's a self-righteous spirit. It's always right to be right, but it's always wrong to expect people to honor you because you're right. Listen, we ought to be right because it's the right thing to do, period. Whether we get respect for it or not. 
Here he had a self-righteous attitude. Amen. He said, Lo, these many years I served thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And watch this, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Now perhaps there may be a, uh, the, the father may have prevented if he would have done more to compliment and honor, amen? And maybe we're one of the portions of our human nature and even our culture is the fact that we don't compliment enough. I mean, listen, uh, if people do something good, they ought to be recognized for it, amen? And I'm sure in my uh, tenure as as a preacher, I may have missed somebody. If I have and I've missed you, I'm sorry, amen? I don't mean not to, but oftentimes we're so uh, trying to get things on the right track that we see where things are not on the right track and we attack those things to get them going. But I want you to know, listen, uh, uh, if you do something right for God, amen, uh, you ought not expect to be complimented, but uh, it would do well to be complimented so that we don't have no problems, amen. Uh, but he, he says to him, I serve thee in all these things, and you never made me a kid. And verse 30 says, But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed him for the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Amen. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. In other words, it's proper and it's right to rejoice when somebody who goes astray gets right with God. And when they get right with God, we celebrate that, amen? He said there'll never come a time where that's a wrong thing to do, amen? Uh, As long as you're right with God and you're staying on track, you're doing a great thing, amen? Thank God, listen, when you're not out in the far trails and the prodigal trail, you ain't getting your life scarred up, amen? Hey, listen, that... That you, you forget the prodigal son wasted the what he had, amen? That elder son, he still had his inheritance. And so he could, listen, if he wanted to celebrate for what he's done and staying faithful, he could have himself uh, presented that celebration, amen, uh, uh, and, and all of that. But I want you to know he decided to get ill, amen? And I want you to focus on uh, the choice to be miserable, the choice to be miserable. I see that in this young man, the Bible says in verse 28, he was angry and would not go in. That idea of would not go in means that he just folded his hands. He said, bless me if you can, but I I ain't getting blessed. He said, I just choose to be miserable because you're treating me unfairly. Well, I want you to know as long as you're on planet earth, you're going to be treated unfairly. As long as you name the name of Christ and you try to live for God, you're going to have people who will treat you unfairly. But listen, you don't have to be miserable because of it. You can rejoice with God over the things that are worthy to rejoice over. Amen. You could read the headlines and get as negative as you want to, or you can get your nose in the Word of God and say, "Thank God! Hey, the world's going uh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but thank God I'm not going with them." Thank God. The Bible says, listen, when Jesus commissioned those servants to go out, he said, don't rejoice that you're 
uh, that the devils are subject unto you. But he did say this. He said, rather rejoice. Don't rejoice that uh, you got all this power and don't rejoice in all, all the things that you see that uh, overcoming the devil and such like that because you watch out. The devil knows how to turn that back around and tag you, amen. But he did say this. He said, rather rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. When God took the nation of Israel out of Egypt, do you remember what he told them? He said, remember the Lord thy God who's delivered you. I want you to know the reason why 90% of God's people as a whole are bitter and negative and, and discouraged today is because their minds are on the headlines around them. Their eyes have been caught and they see, listen, if we look and we judge whether we're victorious in Christ based upon our culture, you're going to be shocked. Because when you look at your culture, it doesn't look good for the home team, does it? I mean, we see all this stuff coming about in our culture that goes against the Word of God. We see, our, uh, we see uh, one nation that used to be at least had a recognition of God going a southern direction, amen? We see all the... Christian liberties being taken away from us and we see a godless nation being raised up. May I say to you that we're not the only uh, generation of God's people that's ever had to face a godless society. God wants us to look from within to get our joy. This prodigal son made a choice to be miserable. And you don't have to make that same choice, amen? We're all familiar with this parable, the background representing the graphic picture of real life. A family, a father, a mother, and two sons. Mother's not mentioned here, but can't help but believe there had to be a mother involved if there were two sons. Amen? And I want you to know we're not told about the mother, but perhaps she died and left this father to raise these two sons. Then we see also there's a problem in this family. One son caused his father grief by his wasteful living. The other son caused the father grief because of his attitude. Maybe the reason why in older age we grow gray hairs and then we lose them is because of the grief we have over our children. Boy, it would be good for our children to do all they can to encourage us and bless us. Boy, I'd, listen, I didn't know how, much, how important that is until I become upper age, amen? I remember uh, when my mama was going through her sickness, well, just uh, listen, I, mama, mama was gleaning at times, was she not? She was gleaning over our presence. And I, my last picture of my mama, I know, I know I wasn't there for her very dying day, but I was there for mother. And the last thing I remember is we were going and leaving that place where, at, at her house. She uh, turned herself on a rail of the bed she was in. And she went like that. That's the picture I had of mama. And I never know. Listen, the impact of that, I think of that, I visualize that often, is that I was a blessing to my mama in her dying days. I wasn't trying to be a grief and a hurt and a harm. I was trying to bless her. But here these, uh, these two sons, they were in their own way a grief and not a blessing. Amen. 
And I want us to look at the older brother tonight, this older son that had every reason to be happy, and yet he chose to be miserable, amen? You and I, if we're in Christ, we have all the reason to be blessed and joyful in Christ, but there's that tendency and temptation to be miserable just because our focus and our expectations have been shattered and broken down. But I want you to know, listen, during this week of revival, we can respond in the right way when God touches areas of our lives. We can respond in ways that will make us joyful in the Lord. We can see God get over and retake areas in our lives that have held us back. And we can walk out of here during the end of the week of revival and we can say, thank God I got victory. Though victory in Jesus. Oh, listen, uh, uh, you mark it down where you're at at the beginning of this revival. And you say, Lord, I, there's so much you can give me. There's so much you can do for me. I just got to keep myself in, in my ears in tune for what you have. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me in the decisions I make in the services ahead. That I'll make the decisions to be joyful in the Lord. I don't want to be miserable. And I want you to know, someone said all the world lives in two tents, content and discontent. Amen? Two tents. Apostle Paul said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I'm going to give you a couple things here by this prodigal son, this not the prodigal son, the elder son, the choices he made that caused him to be miserable. Choices to be made miserable. He made the choice to be angry in verse number 28. Bible says, and he was angry. I don't know if when you come across that and you read that, I mean, this doesn't just mean that he was upset. This means that he had deep within him a furiating fury of hatred, amen? Anger built up, amen? Boy, I want you to know that a host of God's people, of all things, God's people who are saved by God's amazing grace, instead of being joyful, they're angry, amen? Oh, it may not outwardly uh, show itself, but it may be a fury of fire from within just waiting to come out. Boy, I want you to know, hey, listen, I remember being at a, uh, uh, at a fellowship, we called them an afterglow after the evening service, we met over at the youth, one of the youth director's houses. We were having good fellowship. We were there for about 45 minutes. And then just, we were in the front yard and, and one of the, uh, and uh, kitty corner to his property, there was the biggest farm, I mean the pharmacy, the biggest building that was in town for our little town. And it was really the main building. And if, uh, if anything, all activities of our town were focused around that building. But I want you to know, he looked, one of, the, one of the boys looked over there and said, hey, I think that's on fire. And we all look over there and said, how can you tell? I can't see anything. There was one door and it was a glass door that was the side uh, entrance into the building. And he said, I thought I saw a flicker of light. And so we all go over there. And I mean, we're, we're practically, you can touch the building and all of a sudden, we have to run back to the other side. And just as we did, there was a popping up in the roof there and the flames shot out. 
Do you know while we were sitting there joyful in the, uh, having our joyful fellowship on the property of our youth director's property, there was a fury of fire going on inside that building. If we, we couldn't notice it right away because it, we couldn't see it from the outside. But do you know what it was going on on the inside? It was a fury of fire. How many Christian people have a fury of fire, amen, and for various reasons? I want you to know here, notice what he says in verse 28. He says, his father came out and entreated him, and he answered to his father, and he said, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. May I say to you that his feelings got hurt. Oh, listen, I want you to know there's a host of people who's gotten their feelings hurt and enraged within them. They're miserable because they got stored up anger. You know what we need? The grace of God to, to remove that anger from our hearts. The Lord get, that, get a hold of us and help us in regards to the anger that you, that you and I may have over hurt feelings. I can't help but believe even in a small audience such as we are that there's some of God's people and you have deep within you, maybe you don't even realize it's so far deep uh, subsided, but you've had people to stab you in the back and do you wrong. And there's a ounce and a place in you that's stored up, that's a fury of hurt feelings, amen? And I want you to know of anything God's message is to get you rid of that anger, amen? In Psalm chapter 37 and verse number 8, the Bible says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, amen? Then the Bible says to us in uh, Proverbs 14 and verse number 17, the Bible says, He that is soon angry deals foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. Someone said an angry man is seldom reasonable. And a reasonable man is seldom angry. Amen. You lose all sorts of reasonable sights because of the anger and hostility stored within. And I want you to know if you've got anger and stored in hostilities. You need to ask the Lord this week to help you with that. To help you deal with the anger so that you, you can go on and enjoy the journey of this Christian life. God doesn't want you to live in bitterness and to live in anger. God wants you to have joy in the journey. Amen. And I want you to know the elder brother's anger was displaced. That means his anger was out of place. Instead of offering his brother acceptance, he offered his ang a brother anger. God's message to us is don't lash back, but forgive. One of the hardest practices you and I'll ever have is to forgive somebody who's transgressed against you. But I want you to know you'll never be joyful and you'll never be happy as long as you've got stored up anger. Amen. I want you to know because of this anger, his focus was in the wrong place. Amen. His focus was on the wrong things. <clears throat> and there's some things that we should uh, be angry about. The Bible says be, uh, be angry and sin not. Amen. Be angry at the devil. Be angry at, 
at, at how the devil's trying to strip you up and knock you out. Amen. I mean, listen, don't get, uh, don't, uh, when, you, when you feel wrong, don't get down. But listen, get your anger in the right place. Get it focused against the devil. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means not against personalities and powers. Do you know what? It's the, it's the spiritual wickedness that's controlling people and you get hurt because of it. Huh? You ought to start getting your anger focused upon the devil and what he's doing in the hearts of people to make them behave that way. And forgive the person and go after the devil. Amen. A lot of times we're going after the wrong person. Well... That first thing is, a deep, uh, he had a displaced anger, but I want you to know, secondly, he had dis, a detached attitude, just out of place, amen, just out of place. He got his feelings hurt, he got in the wrong way, his focus was made wrong. But look at verse number 28 again. The Bible says he was angry and would not go in. The Bible says he would not. He, he refused to do it. And he made his father come out and have to deal with him. His attitude was so uh, gloomy, so downtrodden, so ill, so melancholy, so depressed, so somber. Amen. It was like a dark cloud was over, uh, over top of him and he couldn't get out of it. Amen. I noted uh, one lady pastor's wife she had went through a period of depression you know what she said while she was going down through that period of depression she said it was like a dark cloud that was following over all over me I mean written all over the face all over the countenance was just darkness and downness amen and I want you to know the Lord doesn't want us to be down. The Lord wants us to be up. Amen. The Lord says be joyful in the Lord. Amen. If you lose your joy, you're going to be defeated. Amen. God don't want you to be defeated. Huh? God wants you to be joyful. You got some overwhelming burdens that you're overwhelmed by. I want you to know you ought to let this week be a help to you. You got some things that are weighing you down. You ought to say, dear God, I've got some things that are overwhelming me. I, I'm, I'm getting weary in the walk and I need your help, God. Oh, I got this. I can't seem to get out of this darkness. That's downness. It, it's just everything that's negative seems to bombard me and I, I can't break free. I want you to know God wants to get you over it. Amen. God wants you to have victory. Melancholy. Amen. Boy, the... Just be swelled up like a frog in the attitude, I'll not have any joy in this party. Can't get joyful about anything. Somebody tries to share with you something exciting and you just, well, yeah, okay. I mean, listen, uh, put, uh, put a damper over the party and you just won't get joyful at all. Can you imagine the father's trying to cheer up his son? He says, son... You've been with me all this time. Everything that you ever have need of. I just, listen, I didn't mean to overlook you. But listen, you had everything that you ever needed and ever wanted. I've taken care of you. But here the devil's gone after your brother. And he went and started following him. And he started getting his life going downhill. By the way, if you get away from the Lord, you go down. And he said, hey... Rejoice, your son's come back. I mean, listen, he's gotten himself to where he wants to serve once again and 
He even said he'd be a servant and not a son, though he's a son. I mean, he had a whole bunch of reason to be joyful, but he chose to be miserable. That dark cloud, amen. He was sullen, and then he was sought, amen. The Bible said that he would not go in. So the father had to come out to him. Aren't you glad that when you get down, the father comes to you? God never give up on any one of us, amen. God understands human nature better than you and I understand human nature. Bible says what can separate us from the love of God and it lists a whole bunch of things in Romans chapter 8. You know in that whole list there's not a one thing that can separate from the love of God. Do you know, hey, someone said, but wait a minute now, the only thing that can separate you from the love of God is you. I want you to know that even you cannot separate you from the love of God. I told you before, one of the fascinating things about teaching in a Christian school was to see some of those students who wanted to live for the world, they were trying to get themselves unsaved. You can't get yourself unsaved. The more they were trying to get themselves unsaved by their behavior, they were more miserable. And you know, when you get miserable, you know what you start doing? Blaming, blaming, blaming. Here's the reason I'm miserable. Here's the reason I'm miserable. Here's the reason. You know, hey, isn't that what the prodigal or the elder son did? He said, I'm miserable because of the way you're treating that the, the, my brother who got away from you. He don't deserve it. Oh, watch out when you start looking at how others are treated and you think you're treated less. I want you to know he was sought by the father. God cares. Amen. That loving father went out to meet his younger son and went to plead for his case. Amen. And then I want you to see how to be, how, how to be miserable, displaced anger, detached attitude, just can't connect. And then a desire for appreciation. I've already said that. Amen. But he said in verse 29, and he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time. Uh, I, 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 I. Hey, Father, I deserve better treatment than what I'm getting. Hey, Father, I deserve all the attention, not, the, not my brother. I, 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 I. What is in the middle of pride? I. You know, when we think we need a compliment, you know what's in the middle of it? I. I remember what uh, someone said, uh, this person, he was caught staring a lot of times he just simply a person who tends to it was an older person but tends to observe people and one guy just got real ill with him one time walked over there and he says I don't know what your problem is but you've been staring at me for a good 10 minutes you've got an eye problem and he said sir I'm sorry I wasn't even paying attention to you he said well you were looking at me he says, I'm deep in thought, and if I was looking at you, it wasn't because I was thinking of you. And the guy said, well, that's a, that's a further insult. You wouldn't be thinking of me, and walked away. And I'm thinking, that's the whole idea of him coming and confronting the guy in the first place. <laughs> Desire for appreciation. He felt overlooked and unappreciated. Watch out, Amen. Hey, all of us want to be appreciated, amen? All of us want to be looked upon and regarded well. 
Then he, not only did he fail, feel like he was overlooked, but he felt like he was overworked and unrewarded. Oft times, isn't that like what we feel? We work so hard and we feel like we're unrewarded for it. But oh, listen, our labor's not in vain. God will take care of us, amen? And I've got to hurry. I'll be done just about 20 minutes. No, not really. Look at verse number 30. When the storm passes over, amen? Bible says in verse 30, But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed him for the fatted calf. I want you to know he had a deadly attribute. Do you know what the Bible says about Saul? Saul, listen, Saul did wrong, amen? He didn't obey the Lord fully. He saved aside what God said you need to destroy. And God said, he's not going to fully obey me. I need to replace him. And so he replaced Saul with David. And so David comes on the scene and the ladies say, Saul has killed his thousands, but David, his 10,000. And do you know what the Bible says there in the book of Samuel? It said, and Saul eyed David from that day forward. Saul had his eyes on David as a fixture and he was so envious and so jealous that he wanted to take him down and remove him as the object of his jealousy so that he could get the attention. A deadly attribute is to get your eyes on somebody and get envious of them and get jealous of them, amen? Song of Solomon 8 and verse 6 says, Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. The reason the older brother's jealous of his younger brother is because he really doesn't love his younger brother. Someone said love may exist without jealousy, although this is rare, but jealousy may exist without love. And this is a common thing, amen? I want you to know that the elder son would not call the prodigal his brother, but refers to him only as his father's son. Did you notice that? Wouldn't call him his brother, wouldn't even associate. He was so jealous, amen? But then I want you to see, not only was he so jealous, he was feeling like he was justified in his behavior, amen? The story, and the saddest part of the story is that the older brother felt he had every right to feel that the way he did. He said, listen, there's nothing right that this brother did, this father's son, though he was his brother. He said, there's nothing that he's done to ever deserve the way he is. But I deserve it. He's in my way. I want you to know that was a deadly attribute. <clears throat> deadly attribute. I want you to know, listen, there's the idea of being truly miserable because of a displaced anger. Miserable because of a detached attitude. Being gloomy. Being miserable because of a desire for appreciation. And then being miserable because of a deadly attribute, but then, may I say, a distorted assessment. Look at verse number 29, if you would, for this. And I'm just about done. The Bible says, And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. 
neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. I want you to see that he was ungrateful. Never once was he grateful the fact that he could stay beside his father. I've seen many people walk away from the Lord. You know what? If they ever get right with God, though, we make a grand celebration for their return, don't we? Listen, I've been serving God for a long while. I've went through a lot in my ministry. There's been people to treat me a little ill. I've not made a lot of favorites. And I've not tried to make enemies. And you say, well, human nature says it hurts. And it hurts. I try to be a help and blessing to everybody. Sometimes the harder you seem to try, the, the more people tend to turn away. And I'm not trying to turn anybody away. But it hurts. I'm going to be honest with you. It hurts. But listen. If I don't ever get recognition this side of eternity. And probably probably won't. But I'm not looking for it. Actually I don't feel comfortable when I do get recognition. be honest with you. So I'm in a good place. I, I don't listen. If, if other, you know, I rejoice when others get blessed. I don't have to be blessed to get a blessing. From somebody else. When somebody else gets a blessing. Because listen. That's not my motivation. But I want you to know. He was ungrateful. But then there was another aspect about him. He was unwilling. He wasn't even willing to get right. Even though the father came to him. And tried to encourage him. He refused to go in there and rejoice with them. And then the last thing. About him being miserable. He was disinterested. Look at verse 30 for just a moment. But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed the fatted calf, for, uh, killed for him the fatted calf. You know what he had nothing of? He had no compassion. He had lost his compassion. Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. You know, you'll be miserable if you don't have any passion or compassion for the things of God. Jesus shed precious blood and died for the souls of man. If you don't have any passion and compassion for what Jesus did, or even for who Jesus is, you're in trouble. I mean, listen, you're miserable. Best thing you can do is be a co-joiner with Christ. Share in the passion and share in the compassion. But I want you to see also, he had no concern. He wasn't even concerned. He didn't care that his, that his brother came back. His heart was so hard. His contemplation wasn't where his father's was. He had no joy in his heart. He had no gladness, no desire to be joyful or glad. He was angry. He was bitter. He was miserable. And he wanted to stay miserable and stay bitter. Well, I want you to know, are there any one of these things in you that's keeping you from having fullness of joy? When the nation of Israel lost their joy, they were, by the way, a singing people. You know, it's interesting how much music plays a role in commercials. When you go to waiting rooms, music is played, except for hospitals maybe, but when you go to uh, waiting places or you go into a store music is played 
Isn't it interesting? You never see a commercial without music unless you mute it, which I do a lot until we lose the mute button. But you know what? I don't know about you, but I choose to let God deal with me this week in these areas of my life and show me if there's anything in my life that's making me miserable, that's holding me back from having the joyful Christian life, that's holding me back from being spiritually effective for God. I don't want to be miserable. I want to be joyful in the Lord. Amen. And I want you to know the Herb Brooks, when he took his team and he said, listen, I'm tired of hearing how, how inexperienced we are. I'm tired of hearing people say how we can't have it and we can't do it. He says, let's go out there and make it happen. And I noticed what he was saying to his team, right? As they were, uh, they had about six, seven minutes to hold on to a victory. And he's saying, Keep your eyes focused, play your game. Keep your eyes focused, play your game. You know what you and I need to do? This coming revival, we need to say, I know you better than anything else, God. I know you enough that if there's some areas in my life that need fixing, I know that you can provide it this week in revival. <clears throat> Lord, I'm open to receive what you have for me. You can choose to be miserable if you want to. I just choose that I want the victorious Christian life. <clears throat> and I want God to show me what it, what's holding me back. And that's what revival's all about this week. Perhaps it was ordained of God because this message just came to me. Why I need revival this week. And I need it. But then again, in turn, why we need revival this week. And I hope that you're faithful every night of the service as best you can. To be here, amen, because you won't get revival if you're not here. God wants to bless this church and God wants to take us in a far deeper way. And I believe he can as he gives us revival this week. May God help us and may God bless us. Let's bow our heads together for prayer for just a moment. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And you say, preacher, I don't want to leave this week of revival miserable. Preacher, I, I want victory. Oh, I want to be able to sing victory in Jesus with a trueness about it. Preacher, if God shows me any areas of defeat in my life, or if God shows me any area that's down in my life that I need to get right, I'm going to get the victory this week. Is that you this week? Say, Preacher, I don't want to be miserable no longer. There's areas that are holding me back. I want God to show them to me. I'd like to pray for you. God bless you. All over the building, God bless you. God speaking to you. Heavenly Father, you see our hands tonight or this morning and God, you know our hearts. Father, we're thankful to you for sending us this week an evangelist who can preach to us the word of God. And Lord, what you show us today or what you show us this week, I pray that you'll help us to move from, from defeat to victory. Oh Lord, what's holding us back from being effective? Lord, would you... Take care of it in this week of revival. And Lord, as we leave the building on Friday, we'll be able to say, I've got victory in Jesus. And then, Father, just to think that we can get other folks to the services and perhaps they can get help from the Word of God and they can get help from you and they can get victory in Jesus. And perhaps we can get lost people in the service and they'll get saved. What a blessing that would be. 
God, we leave it all to you. This time of invitation, would you hear our prayers? And Lord, what we desire of you, not only just for Revival Week, but even today, if there's an area that you've pointed out in our lives, Lord, would we seek you that we might have the victory even today? As the pianist plays, would you let God deal with your heart? And in turn, would you have a little talk with Jesus? Let God deal with you this time of invitation. May God help you as you pray. Jesus, greater, higher, I am. And the last. I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. Heed what he saith, do what he willeth, he is the living way. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Amen. All right. Well, I...